Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the host of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. No matter where you are in the world, I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts. As always, we have a great show for you today. Now here are our topics. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming back to another episode of Independent Thought. I am your host, Desmond Price. Today, we're going to be talking about a few things that have happened in the past couple of days, one of which is all of the news surrounding what's going on with our conflict with Iran since we last spoke. We will also be touching on the brief news that is surrounding the impeachment trial of Donald Trump, and then finally, the Democratic candidates squaring off against each other, what is the status of our front runners. So let's just dive right in. When we last talked, Iran and the U.S. seemed to be on a collision course for some type of conflict after President Trump assass- well, had our military assassinate a top general in the Iranian army by the name of Qasem Soleimani. Since that time, a couple things have taken place. On one hand, here at home, the Trump administration has enacted additional sanctions on the country of Iran, going for the more diplomatic routes rather than continuing with hostile warlike aggressions. It seems that we're taking a more economic-based attack on the nation, as well as the fact that several members of the Trump administration have basically said that they do not plan on doing anything else as far as attacking Iran directly is involved. Now, this becomes curious given the aggressive nature of taking out Soleimani and the fact that in the last couple of days, there was an aircraft that left the country of Iran filled with 176 Ukrainian passengers that was shot out of the sky and destroyed right over the city of Tehran. All 176 Ukrainian members of the the plane were killed. Now, since then, Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the UK, has come out and said that they have confirmation that Iran knowingly shot this plane out of the sky. Canada's Prime Minister... Trudeau also has come out and said that they believe that Iran knowingly shot this plane out of the sky. President Trump has said as well. Now, normally, when I hear something like this, it's not uncommon for our allies to back a statement that we ourselves would make. But right now, Canada and the U.S. are not on the best of terms Given Trudeau's administration in Canada and the Trump administration here in the U.S., so it leads me to believe that with our conference, with our conflict that we're having with Canada being what it is, Canada wouldn't normally jump out to our defense to normally just to say whatever it is the U.S. would tell them to say, like maybe at some times in the past. It leads me to believe that this statement is airing on the sense of truth, that Iran did knowingly shoot this plane out of the sky. Now, the curious part of this is the fact that 
President Trump later went on to say that he believes that Iran did this by mistake. Now, that was a curious thing because given the conflict that was happening just days prior with Iran shooting targets in Baghdad or around Baghdad that U.S. troops had been in, but they purposely shot at places where they knew they weren't going to have any casualties. And with us taking out Soleimani, you would think that President Trump would have every kind of, I guess you would say, he'd have everything that he would need to just order some kind of physical assault on the country if he'd wanted to. But he chose to be diplomatic once again. It leads me to think that there's a lot of confliction going on in the Trump White House about how to proceed with Iran. I feel like they really want to attack that nation, but they don't really feel as though they have the support here at home in order to do so, which is why they might be walking it back now. It also doesn't look great when two prominent Republican senators, one who just came off an election, who are attacking the administration... Now, typically speaking, we don't see too many Republicans attacking Trump anymore. It's gotten to the point now where the entire Republican Party is united around President Trump. But the other day, we saw uh, Senator Lee and Senator Rand from Kentucky and from Utah holding a joint press conference denouncing President Trump's decision to kill Soleimani without congressional approval. Now, that in and of itself being a weird thing that we're seeing here, Republicans actually going after the president, just not really seeing that that often, combined with the fact that so many people seem to be upset about Soleimani's killing, it leads me to believe that Trump just feels like he does not have enough support here at home in order to go into that nation aggressively militarily, which is why we saw later on that these sanctions came down. I believe that President Trump desperately would like to attack this nation, but until he's able to move the needle here at home to get more people excited about war, there won't be one. So for everyone out there who is not a fan of war, the government does pay attention to what's going on online. They do pay attention to how people are reacting. If you're not a fan of war, then definitely let your voice be heard online because believe it or not, the government is listening. And I think they heard enough people be upset by this, and that's why we're seeing these sanctions coming down now. But moving on to the impeachment trial, a lot of people are kind of confused about what exactly is going on. Is Donald Trump being impeached? Is he not being impeached? Who's really to say? The Democrats held their trial in the House back about a month or so ago, and since then, Nancy Pelosi the Speaker of the House, has yet to send the articles of impeachment over to Mitch McConnell, the Republican majority leader of the Senate. Now, Pelosi has said that she's not sending over the articles of impeachment to the Senate because she is hoping that McConnell will promise her a fair trial. So when the articles of impeachment get sent to the Senate, they hold a trial, just like you would see in any courtroom, where the prosecution brings out their case And the defense brings out their case, and you call witnesses to the stand, and everyone, all 100 senators, must listen to all the evidence being set out, and then there's a vote. Now, the reason for the delay 
on Pelosi's side is that she claims that McConnell is not going to allow there to be any witnesses that can come testify before the Senate. Now, Pelosi does not feel like this is a fair thing and does not want to send over the articles of impeachment until McConnell agrees to allow them to have witnesses come forth in the trial. Now, I personally can understand why that'd be frustrating on Nancy Pelosi's part, that you want to have witnesses come forth. But to be completely honest with you, I don't know if there's really a point to it. At the end of the day, even if three or four Republicans decide to turn against Donald Trump, maybe even five tops, there's no way that the Democrats are going to get 20. And that's what they would need. They would need 20 Republicans to flip in order to actually impeach this president. I'm not really sure what the goal here is. I feel like from watching this whole proceeding that she is doing her best to drag this out as long as humanly possible. And by her, I mean Nancy Pelosi. I feel like they and the Democrats have tried to drag this process out as long as possible to smear Donald Trump's name in the mud as much as humanly possible every day until the election so that the American people just associate President Trump not with what he's accomplished, but with all the scandal that he's constantly involved in. I feel like that is just their strategy. I could be wrong, but that feels like their strategy. And the question is, is it an effective one? Is it smart to be focusing so much on the negative side of Donald Trump instead of presenting the positive side of what you plan on doing for the nation once you're in power? Because that's what this is all about. The Democrats are trying desperately to retake the Senate and to retake the White House. And they believe that their path to victory is by smearing Donald Trump. Now, you can call me crazy, but I feel like there's a better way to go after Donald Trump than this. And I'll tell you about it right after the break. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage-inspired clothing, shoes, and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf, and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the luck. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at bettysdivine.com. Hey, Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode. Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. 
They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Welcome back from break, everyone. Before we left, we were talking about impeachment and how the Democrats, I believe, are currently going about the impeachment of Donald Trump and what their end goal might be for why they're doing what they're doing. Now, before the break, I said that I thought there was a better way of going about this whole entire process. Now, the argument that's being made here is is one on two sides. So on one hand, the Democrats have said that they felt like they had to impeach Donald Trump because as a president, you just can't get away with the things that he is trying to get away with. And on the other hand, people are saying there's no point to impeach this guy because there's no way that it'll ever go through because the Republicans just will not turn on him. And so you just can't do it. Because there's just, you're just wasting your time. Well, I gotta say that it's a very complicated issue because on both hands, I can understand why that they feel the way they feel. So let me tell you about what I think that is being done right and what I think is being done wrong. First, what's being done right? They did have to impeach him. It is an unpopular opinion. I'm sure a lot of people on the left probably, you know, like are conflicted on this about whether or not they should have impeached him. I think that you had to. At the end of the day, let's not kid ourselves. Presidents have done corrupt things in every administration, including everyone's beloved Barack Obama. Corrupt things have happened in that White House. It is not something that just belongs to one party. It's not just the Democrats. It's not just the Republicans. For everyone who believes that their party is like sainthood and the other party is devils, you are deluding yourself. That is not what happens in Washington, D.C. Okay? Let's just get that out of the way. Here's the deal. At the end of the day, our justice system is not perfect, but it does have rules to it. And one of those rules, believe it or not, is that if you get caught committing a crime you get punished. Not if you commit a crime, you get punished, but if you get caught committing a crime, you get punished. So if you walk into a store and you steal something and you get out of that store and you don't get caught, then you don't get punished because you didn't get caught committing a crime. But if you walk out of that store and someone catches you, you get punished. It's as simple as that. Now, Donald Trump has been going out saying that like, you, you can't really impeach me. This is impeachment light. I can't believe that people are even coming after me for this. You know, like so many other presidents have done so many things wrong. And do you know what Clinton did? Do you know what Obama did? Do you know what Bush did? So on and so forth. It's ridiculous to me that you can sit there with a straight face and say that because somebody else has committed a crime that you cannot persecute me for committing a crime. 
That's nonsense. That's complete garbage. That makes no sense whatsoever. If you commit a crime, then you can be persecuted for it if you get caught. And Donald Trump got caught. If he's really mad about something, he should be mad about the fact that he wasn't smart enough to cover it up, like all the other presidents have done. Yes, they're all corrupt. We all know that. But they covered up their tracks, and there was no way to prove that something happened. Okay? That's really all this is. And now this impeachment trial is now a trial like any other court. And if you had a trial like this in any other case, it would be a laughing stock. At the end of the day, the Trump administration has refused to show up for court. They're refusing to adhere to subpoenas. They're refusing to allow witnesses to even testify against them. What kind of courtroom would you think would allow this otherwise? The president is using a crazy amount of power in order to subvert this process in every which way possible. I don't like it whatsoever. And whether or not you believe that the president should be impeached does not change the fact that he has been and he's not been complying with the process. Now, the right are always championing themselves as being the party of law and order. When, so when I hear that and I see how they're reacting to this impeachment process, it blows my mind to see them subvert this process of law and order to the point that they have been when they do nothing but champion themselves as the party of law and order. Now, let's talk about what's going on the wrong way here. These 24-hour news networks, CNN, you know, MSNBC, news networks that claim that they're not on the left, but that they're on the left. So let's just call it what it is. They've been doing nothing but focusing on impeachment. Nothing but. It is the wrong strategy. It is the wrong tactic. The impeachment trial needs to be covered. Don't get me wrong. But it makes no sense whatsoever to spend all day every day talking about the same subject that we know the outcome is going to be Donald Trump will be there on the ballot come November. So why even bother covering this all day every day? I understand you have to cover it, but it shouldn't be the only news we focus on. We should be talking about health care, about taxes, about foreign policy, besides just when Iran is, you know, like has a general who gets killed. We should be talking about trade, education, criminal justice, all of the issues in our lives that affect us, but most importantly, the economy. The stock market may be going up, but that's great for the 20% of Americans who own stock. The other 80% of Americans are wondering why the economy is not working for them. These are the issues that need to be focused on when we are sitting here watching the news. We don't care about the impeachment trial to the point where it needs to be in our faces for 23 hours out of the 24 hours in a day. CNN and MSNBC need to stop pretending as if they don't adhere to the Democratic Party the way that Fox News adheres to the Republican Party. And they need to just accept the fact that we know that they're an extension of the Democrats and actually give us other news besides the impeachment trial. Because that's not what we're there to see. Thankfully, other independent outlets have stepped up and have taken the time to talk about the issues that really matter to us all, 
So thank you to YouTube for allowing independent artists to really flourish the way that they have, because for people like me, that's just the best place to find your news anymore, the real news. Now, finally, our final topic of the day is what is going on with the Democratic nominees who are running for president. Last time, we talked about the fundraising numbers going on with the top, top what, six candidates, did we say? Today, we're going to talk about just the top two, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Now, Joe Biden is leading in polls up and down the marks. When they do polls nationally, he's in the lead. When they do polls by individual states, he leads most states, including the early ones, especially in South Carolina, where it seems as though his lead is insurmountable. I mean, I think at this point, someone will be lucky to be 30 points behind him when all the voting is said and done. But we'll see. Polls don't always equate to exact science. I mean, I mean, if that was the case, then Donald Trump wouldn't be the president. He outperformed polls. Other politicians can as well. But even outperforming the polls, I would say that is probably a foregone conclusion that Joe Biden will win South Carolina. But let's talk about who's right behind him, Bernie Sanders. For years now, it has been said that Bernie has no chance to defeat a regular Democratic candidate. He had no chance to defeat Hillary. He had no chance to, and he has no chance to defeat Biden. This is the narrative that gets spun time and time again. Now, Bernie did a lot better in 2016 than anyone ever thought he would, and basically never stopped campaigning after that. Now, through this beginning of this primary process, Bernie has almost taken no shots at his fellow Democratic candidates. But it seems that recently he has decided to start ratcheting up the rhetoric towards his clear rival in this race, Joe Biden. On CNN a couple nights ago, Bernie went out of his way to essentially draw the distinctions between his record and Joe Biden's record, something that he's been reluctant to do in the past. So Bernie has gone on the offensive and talked about the fact that Joe Biden voted for the Iraq war and Bernie did not, how Joe Biden voted for trade legislation called NAFTA, which moved millions of jobs overseas, mostly to China and Mexico. Bernie voted against that as well. Bernie pointed out that he, that Joe Biden voted for a bankruptcy bill, which makes it impossible for people to go bankrupt and get out of their student loans that way. So now it's set up so that like, even if you declare for bankruptcy, your student loans will still follow you after that, even if you declare bankruptcy. Joe Biden voted for that legislation. Bernie Sanders did not. So Bernie is going on the offensive and trying to draw out the ideas that when it comes to not only foreign policy, but domestic policy as well, that Joe Biden might have a lot of experience, but that he has experience making bad decisions that hurt Americans. Now, my take on this is that Bernie has a point. Joe Biden is a true centrist Democrat. He says what he feels like he has to say in order to get votes that he needs. 
Joe Biden doesn't really feel like the kind of person who's going to come in and actually change things for the better. He'll probably just change one or two things. You may not even notice it. And nothing is legitimate going to change in this country. Now, the one thing I'll say about Bernie Sanders is that while I may not agree with all of his policies, I do agree with his notion that if the Democrats want to defeat Donald Trump, they're going to need someone that's going to excite people into voting. And I have to say, for a number of reasons, I do not believe that Joe Biden is going to get anyone excited about voting this year. I feel like Joe Biden's message to the people is that the reason you should vote for me is because I will defeat Donald Trump. And you can call me crazy, but I don't feel like hatred of Donald Trump is going to be enough to get people to vote for Joe Biden. I don't think it's going to be enough to get people to vote, especially people who don't normally vote. You need people to vote for something, to vote for a belief, to vote for an inspiration for what can be. And I just don't believe that Joe Biden has what it takes to inspire people. I could be wrong, but I don't feel like I am. So let me tell you about what I believe the people are looking for, why they don't vote and why they would vote if the right candidate came out and talked to them. If the right candidate was presented to them, why people who don't normally vote would vote. And I will tell you about all of that on our next episode. All right, everyone. That is our show for today. I want to thank you all for checking out Indie Thought. Independent Thought is brought to you by your host, Desmond Price. You can follow us on Twitter at Independent Thought or at Indie, I-N-D-E, Thought. So, again, thank you all for coming and hanging out with me. For those of you who found me on iTunes or on Spotify, please go ahead and subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. If you give us a four-star rating, I'm inclined to think you're a hater, so don't hate. Thank you so much, and I hope to see you all next time.